0: China. China. Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, hey, hey it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive
1: podcast. Hello, beautiful human. We have Dan here, and we yep. welcome to the studio, Mr. Rudy hey. hey. All
0: right. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me.
1: Yo, it is really... It's an honor to have you here, man. And I mean that on many different levels, because you... Not only have you changed the game, but you've elevated the quality of content that one could really interact with on the internet. And I think the diversification of the types of videos you make, and really genuinely how talented you are in so many different areas, you've you bring them all together so beautifully in almost every video you make. While at the same time, every video is different than the last. I can't wait to dive into the process and how you do it. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, if you just want to
1: compliment me for the next hour, I'm happy with that. So. <laughs> you know, it's kind of is that I can. You've done enough great stuff over the years where I could sit here for an hour and I can go through all of your accomplishments and really kind of jerk you.
0: Very kind of you. Thank you so
1: much. But we're going to do something a little bit differently. I want to get to... I want to know the process of it because I think a lot of people look at YouTube traditionally and they go, ah, it doesn't take that long.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You can't tell me that that's the case with what you're creating every day.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone has their their kind of own spin on creating and everyone has their own process. For me, it was... YouTube seemed like the most obvious place to create because there are very few limitations and restrictions. Um, because there, there are very started- few parameters. I can, I can do whatever I want, however I want it, for as long as I want it. Which is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. How long? And, I, and and my team and I like to pump stuff out at a pretty rapid rate. Um, always working on multiple projects simultaneously. So if I have an idea on Monday, I'd like to believe that I can get that idea published by the end of the week, which on other platforms or traditionally was impossible 20 years ago, 30 years ago. it was quite impossible Dude, do today. You can do it with your phone.
1: But y- y- You talk about the waiting period and that, that's the part that, that you enjoy the fact that you can create freely without like executives feedback without having to wait for a big company's money. Do you like having everything at your fingertips? Oh yeah. Y- even mm-hmm. though it means a little bit more pressure for you.
0: Oh yeah. I love the pressure. It's the only way I know how to create because i started i was guess i was born professionally on the internet um where you don't have those parameters now as we're we're starting different projects and, and starting to collaborate with more traditional um uh platforms and and yeah. individuals were learning about that that idea of of um of partnerships and collaborating and 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 um, having an open dialogue, and it's not just all you, not all one person, not all one brain. But yeah, I do prefer it. I love I love running the show. I love doing everything myself. I like the pressure of it. I like how messed up it is. It's how I'm used to doing things.
1: T- take me back to Glen Ridge, New Jersey. Do you remember no. the first... <laughs> Come on, do you forget about those moments in your first, life?
0: Oh, I go once every couple of months just to see my family. They're still there. That's great. Yeah, man.
1: Because I think there's something special about the place that you grew up. But you spent some time in Rio too, right? Cuz you speak Portuguese fluently. Mm-hmm. Your dad's Italian, your mom's Brazilian. Uh-huh. First video you ever made in New Jersey. Do you remember? Nope. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what I did yesterday. Well, no,
0: actually, I remember at the time there were these there were the vine videos. Okay. <sighs> Is that what you mean? First video on yeah, Vine or
1: But like in general, like the were you not making videos at all pre-Vine?
0: I was. Actually, I had like a, my own little production company where I would go to local businesses and shoot commercials for them. So I was studying business in college and um, at Rutgers. Cool. Newark. <laughs> awesome. Why'd you laugh when I said Newark? Um, <laughs> not at and, all. Uh, and, um, Easier commute, okay. Yeah, I was a commuter. So I, 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 it, was, it was either I, I live the college experience and go to Rutgers, New Brunswick, or I, I live at home and commute to Rutgers, Newark. I took the commuter route. So I never really had a college experience. I never lived in dorms. I never had that college lifestyle. I would take a train, go to school, and come back home for dinner with my mom. Um,
1: It's hard that way because you lose the social aspect of school a little bit. But
0: you gain incredible meals. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> I had a production company. I, I literally, my mom and I would go door to door to these different businesses, especially in Newark, New Jersey, and we'd go to a successful restaurant like uh, Brasilia Grill or Iberia. And I'd be like, yo, you want a, uh, a commercial? I can shoot. I have my own production company. I can shoot. My team and I, there was no team. It was me, um, can come and shoot an, an advertisement for your, your business. So I did that with a bunch of local businesses, and I started making money that way. That was my the full extent of my creating videos. Uh, it was advertisement. And then I started taking some improv classes and I decided to flip the camera towards towards me, and I just started learning and playing music. And music was the way for me to deal with uh, on-camera anxiety.
1: W- what fueled that anxiety? W- why didn't you want to show yourself? Um, I don't know. It,
0: so, okay. I think it stems from having an interesting slash difficult childhood I, I was I was very heavy I was made fun of a lot I got bullied a lot in middle school and um my way of dealing with that was by being funny masking it with comedy so I was that funny fat kid when I was growing up um and then as I grew up and I changed my personality changed uh I never really wanted to be the guy in front of the camera I always wanted to be the guy behind it
1: what what fueled your want to be behind the camera was it the fact that you're telling somebody's story that's not your own or, or telling my story through, somebody else. through someone else.
0: Yeah. Until I had the courage to,
1: to be to be the one telling my own story. So what gives you that courage? Do you remember the first time you flipped the camera on yourself?
0: No. Who,
1: who introduced you to Vine?
0: A buddy of mine in college said, I feel like you would be good at telling six-second stories. And um, I was like, no, I'm all right. And he was like, uh, no, you should try it. And I was like, what do you mean six-second story? He says, it's an app in which you tell a six-second story, and then it loops. And the loop is what got me interested, because I was like, music. I want to be the first person to make a perfect musical loop on, on, on Vine, because there was no editing, and there was no tricks, and there was no uploads. You had to do everything live and then and post it as it was. So it took me like a thousand tries, but I got a perfect Loop musical loop on Vine. I was the first person to get a, per- a perfect loop <laughs> on Vine. Then I was like, "What a cool tool for comedy! The idea of loop. Um, what a cool tool for music, comedy, and visual." So I started messing around and doing that. And and um, yeah, I think if you can tell a story convincingly in six seconds, that says something about your 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 creativity.
1: A hundred percent. Because I- I'll make the case all day that it's. Harder to tell a six-second story than it is to tell a story where you have kind of the freedom to do whatever you want and you have unlimited anything, right? What do you learn from Vine that sets you up to be the creator that you are today?
0: Believe it or not, like I, I, I studied some – I took film classes and did some video production courses in college, but I really didn't understand – what the essence of a three-act structure was until I started making those silly videos. I mean, you had six seconds. So the first two seconds of the setup, middle two seconds was the meat, and then you had your payoff, the last two seconds, and then it looped. So that's when I really understood setup, um, meet, payoff, three acts with everything, music, with comedy, with uh, stop motion, and that really translates. And then, you know, we started graduating after the Vine stuff, um uh took its toll we started elongating the videos it became 15 seconds 30 seconds to 60 seconds and we were on instagram from instagram we're on youtube and then from youtube you know the the there are no limits music videos tv film i mean that stuff uh it was a really weird kind of education process
1: i mean but would you be the creator you are today without it
0: Without the well, yeah, those
1: without tools. W- w- no, w- w- without the experience that Vine gave you, right? Forget the audience for a second. Yeah, what you learn from it.
0: I'd be a creator no matter what. I'd be doing. I'd be doing something creative, whether it's hustling on the street, shooting commercials for local businesses in Newark, or playing piano um, at high school graduations, which is another thing I did, um, or busking. I'm always going to be creating. It's all I know how to do. I couldn't do anything else. I have to create, I have to make music, I have to compose, I have to direct, and I I have to perform. It's it's what I do. Whether I get paid for it or not doesn't really matter. Um, Now, would I be the creator I was? Definitely not. I'd be a different kind of creator. I don't know what kind of creator, but a different one.
1: What is it inside of you that makes, like, is it like a a sense in your brain that gives you an itch that you need to do something? Are you, like, do you set certain times, like, where you need to sit down and brainstorm and be creative? Luckily, I have a good team. Who has
0: kind of helped shape that, um, give me some structure, give me some, um, uh, some more discipline when it comes to structuring out my schedule. I mean, they, they have kind of taught me in the past couple years how and when to develop your ideas, um, give enough attention and time to different things, compartmentalize different mm-hmm. ideas so that it's not just a big blur and you get overwhelmed and nothing gets done.
1: How many people does it, when you write, okay, so I'm going to go through a couple different videos here, like Channel Surfing, bro. Mm -hmm. Freaking classic, in my opinion. (laughs) Do you have a ton of writers on that? Is that just you writing? What does that room look like, both from Brainstorm and from, like, the writer's room, essentially? Yeah. um,
0: That one, I just kind of, I just brought a bunch of different outfits to a green screen studio and (sighs) and just had some fun. I, I... You'd be surprised how how much or how little premeditation there was. Um, other times, we will have a room, and um you know the the, the shots family will come together with me, and we'll all I'll all sit in a room and just throw out ideas and brainstorm. And within an hour, we have we have a couple video ideas. But uh, something like channel surfing was just almost complete by accident. I, I really didn't have anything to shoot for that week, so I said, "Let's grab a bunch of outfits. Let's get the green stu- green screen studio down the street." And let's just come up with some stuff. So, um, you know, me, a, a camera crew, audio, an art, art girl, and, um, and, and my buddy uh, just went and rolled, and rolled with it. That one was a very SNL-style kind of um, improv, whereas others uh, have a little bit more for meditation.
1: I mean, so f- funny. And Thank you, man. Like, and I couldn't even tell. I thought the whole thing was written before. I thought it was, it looked like a massive production from where I, I was I promise sitting. it's not. <laughs> but like, that's a compliment, right? Like, you want it to look big. Is that the goal with every video? What is, do you set a goal? And is the goal different from video to video? My goal, my dream has always been to
0: direct and score my own feature film. Everything I'm doing between now and that goal is feeding into the same intention. I will not stop doing any of this until I achieve that goal. So with every video, every skit, every sketch, every song I put out, every every music video I direct, that's just um feeding into to that that end goal.
1: That's and I could tell, like split love. That's I, all I wanted to do was see more. All and all I could think in my brain is this deserves to be more. And it looks like an audition reel for two things. <laughs> Saturday Night Live and to be a director and score and star in your own freaking film. Thanks, man. I hope so. Zach Sang hey, beautiful human. I'm really sorry for the interruption, but this is actually pretty cool. We have a lot of guests come on our couch and they talk about therapy and counseling and how great it really is. And finally, there's something that kind of makes that accessible to everybody. And by kind of... It does. If there is something right now that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from reaching your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, self-esteem, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it's so convenient. You can get help at your own pace. Schedule a secure video or phone session plus chat and text with your therapist at any time. Plus, if you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one. At any time, at no additional cost. Best of all, it really is a truly affordable option. And for you hanging out with me right now, I'll give you 10% off your first month. Just use the code ZachSang. So why not try it out? Why not get started? Go to BetterHelp.com slash Sang. fill out a questionnaire, and uh, they'll get to know you and they'll get you matched with a counselor that you're going to love. BetterHelp.com slash Show.
0: Maya says hi, by the way. She told me to say hi.
1: I say hi right back. That love that you two share is pretty pretty spectacular. It's cool. I've seen, maybe this is me like making connections, but I saw a shift in the type of video content that you've been putting out lately. It's more love-focused. I'm more romantic. <laughs> and does she bring that out in you? Um, I have to say she does, yeah.
0: I think I've always been a little bit of a hopeless romantic. Um, and uh, since my I'm a hopeful romantic.
1: She's a special person. She's
0: great. She's incredible.
1: What do you learn about yourself from a relationship like that?
0: Um, that I just don't deserve her, and um, she's way smarter and cooler than I am. Is
1: that true? Because yeah. I look at the two of you together and I go, "Oh my god!"
0: Dude, I'm the guy who outsmarts people, right? Like I was growing up in Jersey with a bunch of knuckleheads. Like they'd say something, and I had an immediate response right after. And then in, in comes Maya, this girl from from a small town in Australia, who's outsmarting <laughs> my outsmarting, and I'm just like. I love her. Is because she pushes you to be better? She pushes me to be better. She challenges me. She's an immense ball of talent herself. And uh, I couldn't imagine being with someone who couldn't keep up with my radical ideas and also um, tolerate my radical ideas.
1: And when you find somebody like that, it's you kind of got to latch yourself onto it. Because it is rare. I think so. Somebody who matches you and then makes somebody like you better?
0: Totally. And, and she, like, like you brought up, I mean, she truly does inspire me. I mean, the fact that I she'll inspire a story and when I'm lucky she can even participate in those stories is huge. I mean, we did a song together. We did music videos together. We do, we do those pieces like split love together and we have a blast doing
1: it. W- what does the word love mean to you? Oh, my Lord. It just became a very different interview. Ah. Hmm. What is love? We go on a little journey here. I'm...
0: Oh, you want me to actually answer? Okay, um, it is a real question. I don't know, man. What is love? I guess it's—I'm uh, not the first person to say this—but finding someone who's just as weird as you are, and um, and uh, can challenge and excite you, even after a long time. I've been dating Maya for for like four years, and. um Being young in Los Angeles in this business, it's a pretty hard thing to do. We both travel a lot. She works a lot. We have combating schedules. If I had to define love, that's what it would be. Find someone who can understand and amplify your weirdness. And that's exactly what Maya does.
1: What does it mean to you to be able to share stories of love? What does it mean to me? Yeah, like because you're sharing your love but also i feel like in a weird way you're also reminding yourself of something at the same time
0: yeah i know, i like rarely win when i'm portraying myself and these kind of like alter ego characters that i create you in, in a lot of these videos and um, stories uh I, I almost always lose because that's just far more interesting than winning and um you know in split love for instance we don't end up together um we miss each other and it's okay. that you know yeah, it's, the, it's like the end of the breakup or, or La La Land and, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the great romance musicals that, I, that, that inspire me. Um, it's just far more interesting when they don't end up together. Now, what does that say about my own relationship? Um, obviously, I intend to end up together, but it makes for a much more interesting story when, when they don't. And it keeps the audience thinking like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's lost and the only one who loses. Uh, people who get millions of views on the internet also lose.
1: I feel like that's something that is very easily forgotten. But authenticity matters on the internet. Do you agree with that or disagree? Because you, authenticity, I guess, matters to a certain extent. And you share your love and you share your life with Maya and everything else going on. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you play characters. It's, It's fabricated reality most of the time. What do you think people want? To see, and do you think you know what they want to see? I have no idea. But I know what I want to see.
0: And? And that's. Is that all that matters? Rom- I love romantic failures. And mm-hmm. um, every time I portray a, ra- a crazy character or um, telling a weird story, a funny story, a romantic story, a musical piece. It all stems from something authentic. You know, when I'm playing a crazy Brazilian Latin character who's all over the place and uh, drinks a lot of tequila, it's inspired by family members of mine, my mom in particular, some of the things that she would say and some of the the family gatherings we used to have. All those things that I say that people think are written dialogue for a comedy stem from an experience I've had in the past. So I don't know if it's authentic to everyone, but it's authentic to me.
1: Is it? I want to go back to the fact that you said you were heavier growing up. Uh One of the things I've noticed through watching a ton of your videos is that you take your shirt off rather often. (laughs) You look good. You should. But two, it's interesting that somebody who felt so attached to being behind the camera plays a host of different characters. And in a lot of videos, you star as like freaking 10 or 15 people. Mm -hmm. You are the one star of every video. Does that surprise you at all? That somebody who just a few years ago couldn't even imagine being in front of the camera. Yeah,
0: when you put it that way, sure. it's was never really a part of the plan. This wasn't a premeditated plan. This was kind of just happened by chance. And the world just telling me to do certain things and, and it just happened the way it happened. But when I think about it, sure, yeah, I was always kind of hiding. And then I reached a point where I did the exact opposite of that. And um, now I think I'm trying to figure out how to blend those, both Rudy's. The, the Rudy who was always hiding and uh, the Rudy who wants to be in, in front. And that's, I think that equates to stories about someone who's the protagonist but fails. Because that's you? Because that's a combination of me and little me.
1: That's beautiful. Does that make sense? 100%. I just made it up. So mm-hmm. No, but it, but it does. Is there a side that you feel attached to? And could you do one without the other? Um, no, I couldn't.
0: One directly affects the other. If I didn't have a kind of difficult time finding myself as a kid, I wouldn't have kind of the emotional connection I have to people. And the inspiration to write these stories that I do now—if everything was easy and I was always—I always felt like I was on top of my game and on top of the world and at the forefront of all conversations. Um, I wouldn't have as many stories to tell. I think sadness is the best—the best. Again, I'm not the first person to say this, but sadness and loss and heartbreak triggers some of the, the most creative ideas.
1: So I have to channel. Do you channel... Lost
0: like Rudy. From
1: the past?
0: Oh, yeah. Totally.
1: Is this, a, are, is this a weekly thing that you tap into it? And do you re-examine things that happened in your past? Like I think
0: it's it's happening almost subconsciously at this point yeah. um, because of the rate in which we put uh, put out content and write and create videos and develop ideas. Um, but, like, if I'm sitting... If I have nothing, if I'm stripped of everything, all technology, all computers, all video platforms, and it's just me, the piano, what inspires me to play is sadness and such joy and and euphoria comes out of that sadness which is the interesting thing about sadness
1: do you only play when you're sad
0: no but i access sad memories and thoughts and situations to to create what i consider beautiful melodies
1: Five years old is when you started to play the piano mm-hmm. first. Who introduces it to you?
0: Uh, my mom brought a piano into the house, and uh, she tells me that when I was about five, I just walked over to it and started, and started playing. And then about six, seven, like everything I could hear, I could play. Um, Charlie Puth has this. A lot yeah. of, there's a lot of talented ear training musicians who uh, are, are, are good at hearing something and then emulating it immediately. I wasn't good at lessons. I wasn't good at the technical aspect of Of piano and theory and music. Uh, I tried, I never practiced, I didn't like order. I just liked my fingers would just do the work and I would just follow it.
1: And now when you play, you have no sort of agenda when you get behind a piano?
0: Not really, man, not really. I get on and I play a chord and I don't know what the next chord is going to be and that's why it's exciting.
1: Is that what excites you more than anything else? The idea that you could just play and you don't know what's going to come next but what can come next could be spectacular
0: i play piano the way i make these videos um i i I, the camera goes on and i say something and i'm not quite sure what the next the next thing's going to be um but uh, hopefully it works and then you know there's always some structure to it right i know that in this scene we're going to shoot maya and i walking down the stairs in two different moments in time and it's going to be a split screen and our steps are going to go to the rhythm of the music but i don't know what's going to happen after that i don't know if we're going to get on the train if we're going to miss the train if we're going to bump into each other i like to roll with it i like to i really like that improvisational um approach to uh to directing and i like the improvisational approach to playing music and it's not always the best thing but it's the most exciting (laughs) it keeps it fresh i think so is that what challenges you
1: the idea that you don't know what's going to come next
0: yeah, it challenges, both challenges and excites me. And, you know, luckily I have, as I said before, I have a good team now that has helped, helped apply structure in, into the, into my life and these ideas or I'll go nuts.
1: But it's the right balance, right? So it's the right amount of structure that doesn't creatively take you out of the way that works best for you. That's exactly right. But it's structure that provides efficiency and totally. keeps things going and it doesn't like, you're not stuck in a situation where you have four hours to shoot one scene and you Absolutely. haven't gotten anything. You have to progress and you
0: have to be efficient and, um, uh, those are the two things I'm not good at naturally.
1: Is it are, are you a perfectionist or are you somebody who can put something up even though it's not 100% where you saw it originally?
0: I don't think it's ever 100% where I saw it originally. It's kind of like the, like the the the, the sad truth about being an artist is that you're never quite satisfied with what you've created. But if you can get it pretty close, it's good enough. That's what's that's what's good about having kind of a schedule. I have to post it on that day at that time. So if I had no limit, I'd be working on that one split love for a year. Really? Yeah, but at the end of the video, me and Maya would be three years older.
2: <laughs> Continuity would go out the window. Exactly. Thus con- thus we need to structure. Do you consider yourself a YouTuber? Because you do so much that is that label like hurt or like hurt your other th- career, like music career?
0: Do oh, I consider myself a YouTuber? I consider myself Rudy. Okay. I don't know if there's a uh, there's definitely a stigma associated with being an influencer, YouTuber, cre- internet creator. I don't know if I'm any of those things, man. I'm a kid from Jersey who plays piano. Uh, at one point, I was a viner. Uh, another point, I was creator. Another point, YouTuber. And I- I've been called a musician, actor, even though I've been in like two things. Um, I- I'm Rudy. I think w- the label doesn't really mean anything to me. Um, I consider myself, uh, uh, a director, I think more than anything else because whether I'm writing a song or doing a comedy sketch or in an Instagram video or, or starring in a scene of a Netflix movie, uh, I'm always directing.
2: But do you think that like other people in the professional world will look at you and be like, Oh no, that's just the kid from YouTube.
0: Do I think see- that people will think that about yeah, me? Yeah. Like
2: other people in like, you know, whether it's Netflix or anything else, they're like, Oh, that's that YouTuber kid
0: until I prove that I can create everywhere and not just in one place, then I'm sure some people do consider me a YouTube. I mean, YouTube is a platform that I love and respect. I put my videos out on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. Uh, It's a place where I can test a lot of my ideas. So I create on YouTube. I create on uh, Instagram. I create um, in a lot of other places anywhere that any platform that allows exactly so um people can call me whatever they want it doesn't it doesn't necessarily hurt me as long as they uh, as they enjoy what I'm putting out um, they can call me whatever they want
1: also anybody who thinks poorly or looks down upon somebody who is a youtuber would be severely naive mm-hmm. I, I don't consider
0: myself a youtuber I, I or I post who, on Instagram every you day. Post I, don't, I don't consider myself an Instagrammer. No, I consider myself Rudy, a guy who uh, tells stories on as many platforms as possible.
1: And okay, I feel like you're somebody who maybe have, maybe could have had opportunities to star in other shows, mm-hmm. be a part of different projects, but it wouldn't be you doing everything. <clears throat> Am I wrong in saying that? Like. I'm sure there was an opportunity, maybe, for you to be in a movie or be in a TV show, but you wouldn't sure. direct it. You would just star. You'd read somebody else's lines. Yeah, and
0: I'll do this stuff like that um, every so often, and I and I truly enjoy it. I mean, being a part of someone else's creation and not having the pressure of having to do everything is quite nice. Is that what you like? Uh, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I do like it. Yeah.
1: Are you fulfilled after a day of starring in somebody else's video? Nope. <laughs> when are you fulfilled? When I do everything myself. <laughs> is that like a, that's a blessing and a curse? More curse. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh... I get it. Far, I, I know it too well, my friend. And it's rather wild as you're talking about going around Newark and you're pitching yourself and your mom to shoot commercials. Mm-hmm. I started doing party DJing. I used to do Catholic school dances. Literally... 25 miles north from you. Wow, no way I didn't know this. And I went around to all of the different Catholic schools and I pitched my services and I would do graduation parties and the middle school dances. Are you still a Catholic school DJ? Uh, yeah, if you want to hire me. My, I want to just attend. Dude, my rate hasn't changed <laughs> whatsoever. But it was, I understand that motivation, right? And for me, it was a motivation to get out there and to create in some way. But also, I saw it as an eventual way out when you were out there pitching, what motivated you? Was it the want to create? Was it the want to provide a better life? Was it, what, was it something that kept you from going to school? Yeah, I think a little bit of all of the above, but mainly I would watch movies
0: and listen to film scores and watch and, and go to the opera and just be so damn inspired. And I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to take a little bit of what Danny Elfman's doing. Uh, uh, with nightmare before christmas but also take a little bit of um what Hans zimmer is doing with gladiator and uh and what, what james newton howard is, is doing on on dark night and i want to do my own version of that and um the easiest route at the time was do a commercial for the brazilian restaurant down the street
1: I get it. Yeah, man. But like, that is a big want. Those are big examples to kind of set forth for yourself as somebody in New Jersey, kind of just looking up at the time. Mm
0: -hmm. Got to dream big.
1: That's it. And to get there, you got to kind of remind yourself of what you want, right? You kind of, kind of, I don't want to say the word manifest is the right word, but like, how do you stay focused on your goals? How do you stay focused on what it is? Even though you have so many things that still need to get done day to day, just making sure that everything I'm working on
0: feeds into that that central idea and and goal. I told you what my dream was. It was to do what I'm doing now on a much bigger scale with a much bigger story in the context of a, of a feature film. I it's a disservice to to little Rudy. To not think about that anytime I make a decision. If I get an opportunity to do something, if it doesn't, if it's not a part of that plan, what's the point of doing it?
1: 100%. It just, it takes away. It distracts you.
0: It's a distraction. Yeah. No matter how much I can get paid for it or how much more famous I'll get if I do it, does it, does it, is it on this, lead me back to that same path? If it doesn't, it's a distraction.
1: That's a hard thing to train yourself to be focused too because you could come to the points where you you maybe turn your back on a lot of money or you turn your back on something that could grow your followers by a million or whatever mm-hmm. is that the balance between virality and art yeah
0: well luckily I've been it hasn't been that long but in this world 5 years is a long time to be creating and and trying to maintain your relevance on the internet uh, it's a long time and it's a it's a it's a feat um, I'd rather just grow slowly and consistently um, than to do this or to spike. And you know, I'd just rather just keep doing what I'm doing and get better at it and better at it and better at it and grow very, very slowly and consistently than do anything else. Uh, I'm 27 years old. Um, I'm no longer that kid who moved to L.A. and is trying to figure everything out and go crazy. It's my responsibility to, uh, to create a goal and a path and stick to it, or um, or I lost.
1: That is, a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people, I think, play the short game. When you're sitting here playing the long game, right? Because you have 30 years left of creating, 40 years left of creating, however long you want, you have to create. Mm-hmm. And you have goals. So why go for the easiest route? Why go for the cheap route? Why yeah. go for the Hollywood nonsense because the hope is, when everybody else falls to the wayside, you're still on the same path that you set for yourself, and you're uh, making progress. I, I like
0: to think so. Yeah, very poetic way of putting it. I like that. Um, I mean, again, being surrounded by a, a good team—it's everything—is everything. It's not—it's not kind of important. It's the most important. Or no amount of ideas, talent, and skill can um, can add up to the importance of, of a good team and, and a good family around you. It took a while to figure that out, but I figured that out, and we all share that, all of us. Y- Sammy, Johnny, to all the other creators that we work with, we all share that that sense of consistency and family and not taking the easy route.
1: Is there a larger set of responsibilities on all of your shoulders? Because the the family that you have at SHOTS, you represent a whole other, you you represent a whole other generation of creators, right? Not just on the young side, but also uh, on the Latin side of things, right? Like, You guys are the faces that so many kids from all over the world they're seeing every day. They speak Portuguese or they speak Spanish and mm-hmm. you're essentially giving them hope that they can do the same thing. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's another thing we all share. We're all sons and daughters of of immigrants. Hannah's Greek. Amwar is Palestinian um Lili's venezuelan uh i'm brazilian italian johnny and sammy are kurdish we were all raised in similar households we already, we spoke two three languages growing up we struggled to learn what our identity was because there was so such a culture clash we we're telling that story for for the next generation of of uh first second third generation americans because it's so, so important it, there's a struggle there's such a struggle we we know about the immigrant struggle. What about the sons and daughters of the immigrants? There's something there. There's a, there's an interesting story, and it's starting to be told by unique voices. And uh, and we want to contribute to to telling telling those stories because they need someone to look up to. I know I did when I was a kid.
1: Did you have it?
0: Um, I did. It was some of the names that I mentioned before: the Hans Zimmer's yeah. of the world, and uh, Henry Gregson Williams, and James Newton Howard's, and Danny Elfman's, and. And, I mean, these all are, they're all film composers, but they're all foreign, and they all make beautiful music. And I don't know what they sounded like. That's why I love telling stories through music, because um, uh, it's universal.
1: When you sit down to create a record or to play something that you're going to record, you say you channel sadness. Mm-hmm. Is sadness the common thread through all of the records that you've put out, even a song like Magic? Is that a sad song at its core? I mean,
0: magic. The theme of magic is, does, it represents something positive, right? It, it 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 is a love song, and love isn't all sad, but it the sadness reflects the happiness, and they're very much symbiotic. Um, as we all know, you can't have one without the other. But that chord progression is a somber chord progression it's slow it's uh, there are a lot of minor chords it is more of a sad progression to me than it is happy now i hope that people hear it and feel uplifted and feel inspired and feel something but for me when i'm writing music i love to feel sad
1: why do you do you love to feel sad because you feel happy once it's out
0: it's my process. It's kind of a personal it, process. I, I, I like to feel or channel a little bit of pain so that I can really mean it when my my fingers are playing the piano or, or my voice or the guitar. Really, really feel emotional. I channel sadness to produce
1: a positive result. Do you feel... Okay, so do you stash away sadness that you feel and then kind of tuck it away for when it's time for you to create music or... Do you feel sadness in the moment and then go back and channel it again? Does that make sense? Nope. Well, some people <laughs> some people feel things and they kind of hold them back, right? Yeah,
0: I just I just I need to feel emo I need to connect to the music emotionally. And for me, feeling sad is the best way to connect.
1: You get terrible news right now. Sad news devastates you. Does that make you want to sit down and create something?
0: Ah, see. Or do you Great question. Uh I like fictional sadness. So I like to create situations based off of
1: real emotions. This is where I'm trying to get to. God, Yeah.
0: So if I hear some terrible news right now, I won't be inspired to create a song. Maybe in six months. But I have to be in a happy place and channel sadness from other memories and other situations
1: to create. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like a taxing... Something that's emotionally taxing.
0: It's not something I really think about. It, it kind of just happens yeah. at this point. But like, you know, when you hear a song or you see a scene of a film or a TV show, and it just hits you, it hits you hard in the heart, you start feeling emotional, and you start tearing up, and it feels good.
1: Yes, I do. That's the that.
0: kind of sadness. That's the kind of emotional impact I'm trying. I'm trying to hit, and I just don't get that when something very happy is happening on screen or there's a major chord or, or a fast tempo. Um, not that I don't like songs that are more uplifting and have a more kind of positive uh, uh, tone. I, 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 like, I, I connect to it just as much, but Lendo? when it comes to creating, it has to come from somewhere a little bit more emotional.
1: But so, but when it's time for you to score a movie and it's a happy scene and there everybody's rejoicing and it's whatever, is that something you're still scoring from Sadness?
0: Yeah. Got it. It's cool. If you watch a happy moment in a movie, a family is celebrating... It's fueled by... It's fueled by... Sadness. Sadness. No. The happiest moment in in Slumdog Millionaire, when they escape and they're able to be together after everything they've been through, wouldn't exist if it weren't for the, the extremely dark and difficult journey they just had over the course of, of their entire childhood and, and teenage years. It, it makes you feel like you deserve the happiness, but how can you have the happiness without sadness? Like inside out,
1: I get it. You, they're all it's can one without the other.
0: It's inter it's interwoven. Like yeah. if you try watching a happy scene of a movie that has happy a happy score under it, the score is not happy. It's usually slow and melodic and somber and quite emotional. It, it's sad, but what's happening on screen is happy, and that clash is what makes you feel something.
1: I. I understand. Mo- I, is it not emotionally taxing for you? Dude, it's like if I were to show you a slow-motion scene
0: of of uh, uh, of an old man meeting his granddaughter for the first time, and he's holding her, and I played happy chords with, with pop-like <laughs> 110 drums, yeah. you wouldn't feel anything. No. I promise. If you do, you're a sociopath. Um, <laughs> but... If I play really slow, melodic piano, high keys, and A minor, while
1: you're watching that really happy moment, you're going to cry. Zach Sangcho. Hey, beautiful human, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. If you're considering going back to school, you got to ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. ASU offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree as you would on a campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. If you want more information, text Zach to 35517. That is Zach to 35517. We'll put it right here. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU online degree programs, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517 back to our conversation Zach sang show when you're creating for a score you're creating a parody song or you're creating a silent movie which form of storytelling comes the easiest and the most natural
0: which form of storytelling
1: because i think writing a song is the same it's telling a story scoring uh, is scoring anything whether it's your work or not it's telling a story doing a silent video mm-hmm. telling a story even you making the sound effects you're Fueling a story. Which story is comes the most natural?
0: <sighs> it's a loaded question, my man. Why? Because um, I guess I don't know. I think most people would agree that what feels most natural to them is something that stems from something personal. Something that they can relate to. So anytime I'm doing something that relates to any struggles that I've had or... Something from a unique cultural perspective. Um, but more, most importantly, music-driven. That comes the most natural. The easiest way for me to think of something is through a music filter. Everything I do is to music. I edit my comedy videos to music. It's all rhythm. It's all rhythm. I think there's a fine line between comedy and music. Because it's all timing and rhythm. And um, you know that syncopation is what fuels these ideas. So... It's the best answer to your question. I think i just answer your question as complicated as I possibly could.
1: No, but it's okay because I think music is... Th- it's getting to what I, I, I kind of thought the second you said that you had the ability to hear things and compose them. Music and comedy are very much the same. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing in any sort of storytelling, obviously, but that pacing and that rhythm and that energy mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like... They're so synced up together.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. If, if If I can somehow... One day, be known as someone who has taken kind of the wit of Taika Waititi. Okay. Very brilliant New Zealand director. You should look into him. Yeah. Um, writer, actor. And the emotional impact of Hans Zimmer's music. Then I win. <laughs> it's
1: like... But, but do you set that type of goal for every type of video you end up creating?
0: No, but it's all... It's all a part of 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 that path, as I said nice. before. You know, it's it's contributing to that to that end goal in in some capacity. Tyke is great, man. You should look into him. I will. He directed Thor Ragnarok.
1: Oh, whoa! Before oh.
0: that, before that, it was mostly indie New Zealand. You know,
1: I've heard of him before, yeah, mm-hmm. and he just came up in the news fairly recently, within the last couple months. Yeah, yeah, popping the well, best. Yeah, he's a big
0: deal right now. He's a big deal right now. But that's a great example of someone who comes from a small town, um, in New Zealand comes from the indie world yes. and got an opportunity to direct a huge feature <laughs> as a part of a massive Marvel franchise, um, and that inspires me.
1: It's cool. It's, it's I feel like there's no other YouTube or internet creator out there that has set goals and has a path like yours. I'm the only one.
0: I think <laughs> so. I'm just kidding. I'm sure everyone has their own path. and I mean, there's, a, there's no a lot of talent out there.
2: Would you say you're the most talented?
0: <laughs> i love his questions he, he, he has the well, controversial questions yeah you couldn't tell it's good combat combat. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. exactly <laughs> um when i say i'm the most talented oh i, I couldn't give myself i couldn't possibly give myself that title i also don't know enough of the other creators i don't watch a lot of content i don't keep up with the kardashians i don't keep up with with um YouTube drama? With with uh, yeah, YouTube drama, internet relevancy. I barely can keep up with myself. So I like to create, I like to put it out, and then I like to um go have some wine.
2: So you're not into you're not you're not watching vlogs.
0: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> what do you think of vlogs though? Uh
0: I think it's great. I think it's a form of storytelling that a lot of people respond to, especially a lot of young people. Um I mean I'm friends with these I'm friends with these guys. They're all they're all uh who are all very civil and cool, like the Dave Dobrik vlog squad gang, for instance. I know all those guys. I've known them for years. They're all genuinely good people. It's not a form of storytelling that I know that's familiar to me and that makes that makes sense to me. I couldn't possibly hold the camera and point, and point it to my, my face. I just don't know how to do it. I'd freeze. Uh, I, I don't know how to go into an audition room and audition. Uh, there's just like certain skills that a lot of other people in this town seem to have that I, I can't grasp, which is why I decided to do it myself. Um... But uh, uh, vlogging is a, in, insanely popular. And, and a lot of people do it really well. I think better than others. Oh, yeah. Um, Casey Neistat mm-hmm. tells incredible stories. To me, a good vlogger is, is synonymous with a good documentarian. Um, and as you can see now, Casey Neistat directed a Shawn Mendes documentary because of, of the creativity behind his vlogs. David Dobrik is on to do... Dobrik, 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 Dobrik. Dobrik. sorry David, Um, (laughs) he's going on to do great things because he's found a way to be unique with his vlog storytelling, it's not what I know, it's not part of my skill set.
2: Well, I think unique is an interesting word because if you won't talk about being the most talented or one of them, do you think you have the most unique content?
0: (laughs) I don't know that I had the most anything other than um, craziness. I, I think I might be the, the, the craziest, the craziest of them all. And not in the way I act or, or necessarily in, in my public personality, but what's going on in my head is, so, is, is just so so much going on here that if there is someone else who has a brain like mine, I, I, I would love to just have a conversation with them. I don't have a lot of friends. Uh, my my, my circle is very tight. Uh, I spend a lot of time with the Shots family. Um, with my girlfriend, with when I can my family, I don't really talk to anybody else I had to cut a lot of people out of my life that to me not because they were bad or they were doing anything wrong they were just distracting me Um, so when I see like a David Dobrik vlog and there's this group of friends goofing off uh, and also being creative and and, and doing things that are genuinely interesting and funny um, I respect it but uh, I couldn't possibly do it
1: does it hurt at all knowing that you had to get rid of distractions to build the life and career that you have today?
0: Does it hurt? No.
1: Because you know that that's just the cost of doing business. That's- totally.
0: I have a goal, and um, there's some sacrifices that 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 are going to um, that are going to occur in order to achieve that goal.
2: And I knew that going into it. But is is it hard making friends also because you? A lot of people want internet fame, and they think if they surround themselves with you, they could get followers. There's an
0: aspect of that that, 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 that's been the case. Um, But again, it's just at this point, I have no more room. A lot of my energy is going towards the relationships I care about, which are very few. And all the other energy is going into creating and and, and achieving that goal that we keep talking about. Um, I just don't have the time, man, or the energy anymore.
1: I I I understand this on such a deep level, and it, it it's hard. At least it's been harder for me to cut people out. And was it hard at first at all? Like to because do you tell- totally because people get very offended, and people are yeah. sensitive
0: to that. And um, you know, I, for anybody who 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 may see this or is listening to this, um, I just my message to them is that it's literally nothing personal, and it's all because I'm very kind of um sensitive to to energy and relationships and um if i'm if you are a, a someone i really care about I, I i go really hard on making sure that relationship flourishes and securing that relationship so uh, there's only so many people
1: i can do that with that you only have so much energy to go around
0: yeah and other people are, are great at it they have 100 friends and they know how to divvy it up and they spend they have dinner with that person the next day they go to lunch with that person and they call that person they go on vacation with it. Kudos to them.
1: How would you define a quality relationship in your life today? Like a quality friend? What do they give you? What do you want out of a friend? Just
0: someone who leaves me alone. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think you're you're 100% honest and yeah. you're not. I no, think no, they want that.
0: They're not. Yeah, yeah. Someone who just doesn't, just understands. Like, I have few friends, and the friends that I do have are just as, if not more, busier than I am. So, we don't have to explain, there's nothing to explain. It's like, hey, I I, I can't see you.
1: They get it. And they're like, of course you can't. They're not offended, they're not hurt, they're not asking
0: why. No, Uh, you know what a friend is to me? Someone you can comfortably share a silence with. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And have a great time.
0: And have a great time. You're sitting there on the couch, (laughs) doing some business, checking some emails, writing something, and two hours go by, you haven't said a word. And occasionally you're just like, yo, you hungry? Yeah. (laughs) That's a friend.
1: That's a great friend. (laughs) What makes you happy? This.
0: (laughs) This is really fun.
1: Yeah. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, I got to talk about myself for
0: an hour. (laughs) Incredible. I saw pain behind your eyes for a second. (laughs) Uh, Oh, what makes me happy? Yeah. Creating, man. That's it. Maya makes me happy. My friends make me happy. All two of them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Shots team, are they friends or are they coworkers? Both,
0: which is very interesting and unique. And rare. Very rare. And yeah we're family at this point when lily's around it's like my my younger sister is around and um she's talking too loud <laughs> when, when when amwar's around yeah. you know i'm just like, every five seconds i'm making fun of him i'm rolling my eyes and so is he like there's a, fun, there's a difference between friend etiquette and family etiquette and we definitely abide by the family etiquette um we don't see each other very often because we don't need to
2: but you guys are putting out videos together often so you only see each other when you're filming? Nope. We're all kind of different.
0: I've stayed pretty secluded. We see each other uh, as often as we need to. But at this point, it's like family, man. It's like family. Like, Do you remember when you were growing up and you'd only see your parents when it was time to eat?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I doesn't mean it. you don't love your family. It means that you just have an agenda and that's when you'd see them. So yeah, we see each other when we create. Uh, we see each other other times. We also go to dinners all the time together. And and we definitely have this this sense of shots and Johnny and Sammy make sure to create reasons for us all to be together but um we're all very busy now and we all have just like i have that one goal
1: they of, have of creating
0: the feature they have their own they all have very specific goals and like me they'll relentlessly uh uh be consistent until they achieve that goal
1: and uh, hey you are the company you keep right so i hope so i th- think so who knows I know so. Really? Please. Do you have a lot of friends? No. Zach? No, no, no. And if anything, I'm always in the process of weeding people out. Really? Is that yes. why
0: you dropped the gang and it's just Zach Sang? It's <laughs> one,
1: one of the many moves in my life yeah. that made me an independent single man.
0: <laughs> in a year, it's just going to be Zach.
1: That's it. <laughs> no more In two more years, show. just Z. I like that.
0: And then in three years, just... Nothing. That's it.
1: What video has been the most challenging for you to make?
0: We did, uh, we did a series of videos recently called um, Stories from Our Future. And it was a partnership with Netflix. Phenomenal. Uh, inspired by the Black Mirror franchise. And um, although it was some of the most rewarding work that I've done, it was some of the most challenging because, you know, all of a sudden the production was way grander. Mm-hmm. And far more locations and more money and uh, more people and more voices. Less control. And uh, that part was challenging, but we were very lucky that we had, you know, Netflix was was super responsive and open. Um, My team was super on top of it, and we found the perfect balance between the two to tell three musical stories. Um, And uh, they were the most challenging, but also the most rewarding.
1: They look phenomenal. Thank you, really? Thanks a lot. oh my gosh. The quality and the fact that the whole Black Mirror universe just totally continued right into your videos... That's a pretty big honor, right? Like to even have access to the to the the technology that gives you the same exact clock that is in the Black Mirror episodes or the mirror where you're touching the screen. Ah, you picked up on that. Yeah, really. It it was just it was beautiful. It really felt like a part of the series. When they come to you, do they give you the stories? Do they give you parameters? Or do you go and you pitch from your... Just from what you know of Black Mirror, do yeah, you create something?
0: Obviously, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a big fan of that genre. And uh, I, we came in and pitched three original stories. And I said, um, you know, I would, uh, one thing I've never seen that show or many, many of its predecessors do is tell an entire story through music. Just a musical episode. You don't really think of, you know, kind of a, a dark thriller to be a musical. Yeah. People think breaking a song and dance when they hear a musical. Um, but I meant a story driven by just music and sound, no dialogue. And and they loved it. And uh, we pitched them three original stories and, and they dug it.
1: So when you start the creation of that, do you start the creation from a music perspective or do you know what the story is that you want to tell and then set music to it?
0: I composed three different, uh, like six or seven different pieces first. And then I chose what I felt were the most interesting, and then I built a story around the music. Really? Yeah. So, for instance, the the one that's on my channel, um, "Cure for Loneliness." Yeah. With the AIs, with Amoir and Hannah. Um, that was inspired by a video I had done called "Circle of Love," um, and and that's that's what we started realizing was happening. All these videos and and ideas that are in, on the internet that we that we publish are are essentially pitches for stories that I hope to elongate in the future. So when I put Circle of Love out there with barely any budget and resources um, or know-how, we knew that one day it would manifest itself in a different form and we can do a, a version of that on steroids. And that's what what it took a few years, but we were able to get um, you know some incredible people behind it, and we we use Circle of Love as as a inspiration to tell another story. Um, and that's what I like to think about with all these ideas, all these videos, everything that we put out is um, is a test
1: for something and some, bigger.
0: Yeah, for something bigger. And some of them stick more than others, but we learn every single
1: time. Wow, I you know now that I think more deeply about it, they are connected. And I didn't notice that at first when I watched them. And I actually watched them back to back. Mm-hmm. It's a combination
0: of circle of love and split love with the train sequences.
1: But love is kind of... The
0: thread, The, the yeah. big thread. A common denominator for sure. Um, and then some of the episodes had you know some, a few different themes. But, um, yeah, again, to answer your earlier question, it was definitely the most challenging thing I, I've had to do because I, I was writing these things, directing them, and scoring them. And... You know, it went from, you know, you have a week and a couple thousand dollars and um, one computer to a whole VFX team and a grander budget and multiple locations and a huge crew. And extras. Dude, you had so many extras. A lot of extras. (laughs) A lot of extras.
1: I mean, it was your set. Like, that was, that was yours. Mm -hmm. Spectacular.
0: It was fun to do, but yeah, challenging. A step, one more step towards, towards um,
1: the goal. How do you measure success? Um,
0: I think it's being truly proud of something that you've made and the things that you are making. I had a goal when I was very young and I'm able to say after five years in this world of creation, I'm closer to achieving that goal. That's success. Now, have I achieved everything I want to achieve? not even close, but I'm alive, I'm healthy, my family's healthy, I have friends, and as far as my career goes, um, I'm getting closer to achieving that goal. The minute I start going backwards.
1: Not success.
0: Not, not as, as successful. <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: Keep going forward.
0: I think so, keep going forward. Everyone has, has an agenda and everyone has a goal and a dream. It really shouldn't stop. As generic as that sounds, like you can't stop.
1: You can't stop. But that's what makes or breaks people. That's the difference between those who make it and those who don't. Those who, in the face of what they weren't expecting, choose to take steps back as opposed to utilizing that as a moment to learn or as fuel to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Because it's the truth. I I see it in my own life. I think there's a lot of people out there that could be just as successful as I am doing what we're doing right now. But when it got rough, they pieced out. Mm -hmm. When it got hard, they pieced out. When they couldn't pay the bills because the job that they were... They were working four jobs and they still weren't coming close to it. They had to take a different approach, a different turn. Yeah, man. It's consistency.
0: It sounds like you enjoy what you do.
1: Oh, I love it with every fiber of my being because I get to speak to people like you. And it makes me better.
0: Likewise. I love what I do as well. That's success, man.
1: It is. It really is. You know, when you look towards the future and you look at everything you've done... I, I can't wait to watch what comes next and what happens. And I do... I, I want a full album. I want, I want, I want music. I, I want a show. There's just... We're working on all those things. Do you feel like you fit in too many different areas? That it is almost overwhelming <laughs> as to where you should go next? It's
0: definitely overwhelming. But again, my team has really helped blend all of those avenues into one. And so when I do make a song, and when I do make a video, and when sometimes I'm funny... And other times I'm directing. It's all the same path, all the same
1: path. What was the last instrument you learned how to play? Saxophone. I thought so because I watched <laughs> you play it and it was sick. And I was like, "What the?
0: F- is this? Very poorly though. Only a couple no. of notes. Only enough to do that part. And I actually probably it. forget it now because it requires a lot of a lot of uh, you know training and muscle memory. But um, how'd you learn?
1: YouTube? Somebody uh, teach you?
0: Yeah, my my musical director uh, and producer. He kind of he kind of taught me and watched some videos. And I just learned this one lick. Really, that's all I know how to <laughs> do. It's like when you can say one sentence in another language and you don't know anything else. But um, <laughs> but uh, I want to learn more. I want to learn violin really badly. Always wanted to learn violin.
1: Do you have the ear to pick up? Like, is the one thing that holds you back from learning other instruments the fact that there's like different muscle movements and different? No, things it's just that... time. It's just time. That's it. It's
0: just time. I mean, I don't know. I never picked up a violin. I could be horrible. I probably am horrible. Violin is very different. It's one of the most difficult instruments to learn and master, um, because the technique is just so different. Uh, which is why it's so interesting to me.
1: I want to one day. I, I might see suck. Play. I might. I suck. Hey, I can tell you, I yourself. suck on violin. Yeah. Consistency, man.
0: <laughs> but having a musical ear helps. Right? Yeah. Having an ear for languages helps you learn new languages.
1: I wish I had an ear for languages. Like, did- it's crazy
2: with all the stuff you're doing, you can walk out in front of like 60,000 people and be a one-man band. Some people <laughs> that's like they need to train their whole lives to be able to do that and you're directing, acting, comedy. You can just walk out there and just do it. Does it scare you at all being on stage in front of all those people playing all those instruments?
0: No. I, being in a room with Five people scares me, though. A lot. Oh, I take a, a 50,000 people over an audition any day. Do you feel the judgment when there's five people? Maybe, yeah. There's something about the silence and the eeriness and then the judgment and the fact that they're looking at you and they have an agenda and you're not their priority and, and uh, it's a muscle I haven't trained and I don't have any interest in training.
1: <laughs> when did you realize auditions weren't for you? Um, when I bombed an audition. was it (laughs) I don't know if I bombed
0: it I just went there and I was very uncomfortable and I was like I'm never doing this again I'd rather just create my own story um, than uh, audition to be in someone else's story I'm not saying that's the route to take it's the route that works for me Maya is incredibly good at auditioning it's a muscle that she has worked out Uh, she goes on auditions all the time and has mastered it and memorizes lines so quickly and actually enjoys it and learns from it
1: Lines from the process, I hate it. Do you run lines with her pre uh, this audition? Oh yeah, all the time. And she tries to train you. For oh, for me? Th- yeah. Did you? I mean, you run lines with her, but did she run lines with you for this audition? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Learning lines aren't bad. So that's not the part. It's the it's being in the room. It's being in the room. I I'd rather be in a room and just have a conversation with you, than uh, read a couple of lines out of context on a paper. It's just a muscle I don't I, I, I don't have. I'd rather put all that time and energy that it took me to drive to the audition and to talk to them and sign in and leave that takes, you know, a chunk out of your day
1: um,
0: writing something new.
1: Is there a character
0: you're the most attached to that you've created? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think every character is like a different side of my personality. Um, Is there one that I prefer over the other? I don't think so. I don't know what the answer to that is.
1: Which character is the most marketable? (laughs) Which character deserves a thousand spinoffs? That's that's not for me to to determine. It's for somebody. I will say
2: sometimes when I'm watching the videos, you almost like forget you're playing all these characters. It's wild, really? You're really good at like not obviously disguising yourself because it's you, but like changing the accents. So, like you don't think you're watching ten Rudy's in there. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think
0: of it that way. Um, but it's just easier, man. Honestly, I play a lot of characters because sometimes it's just easier.
1: Um, what, then dealing with other actors and their schedules?
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's like, oh, I got to release something in three days. I'll, I'll just play everybody. Like,
1: but, but is that something you have to teach yourself how to
0: do? Yeah, by doing it, I, I, I taught myself. I don't even know if I'm doing it right, but that's just the thing. There's no right, right? It's just kind of do it, and something. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I have a hard time watching those videos. I, I have a hard time watching Channel Surfing. I don't think I've ever watched it in full.
1: What? Yeah. After the edit's done, it's none of my business. It's the people's business. Do you f- track how videos are doing in terms of hits? They do. <laughs> My team does. How great is that? So you don't you, you don't want to give energy to that?
0: No, not really, because something I work so hard on and care so much about could perform poorly. And um, what does that mean? It doesn't mean I'm going to stop telling stories like that. Um, but we do have those conversations. We come together and we say, hmm, "Let's analyze why that didn't do as well as that. Let's, let's analyze what people like versus what they don't like." Um, it doesn't really interest me as much as just take what you what you like and, and leave what you don't.
1: How is it working with brands? Do you like that work? Do you like collaborating? I do I do enjoy it, especially when it's brands that I, I believe
0: in and care about. Like Axe, for instance. I actually wear it. I use Axe in my hair.
1: Oh, you have a good lift. Thanks, brother. It's a nice height. Um, it adds a couple inches. Close uh, to Jesus.
0: And uh, So I use it and enjoy it. So doing campaigns with them was easy. Because I could relate to it. And also, you know, when you're working with the agencies or the brands who let you have
1: cre- that creative control, um, it's a blast. Is that what you need in order to do business with Rudy Mancuso? Creative control? <laughs> and a million dollars? Uh, uh,
0: ideally, creative control, yes. Um, at least a million dollars. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideally, the creative control. I mean, it's if, if, I, if I can't tell stories that excite me, what's the point of doing it, man? To get money?
1: I mean, some would say yes. But
2: right? you probably got money, so you don't have to worry about that. Controversial.
0: <laughs> I do all right. But I work very hard. Of course. Yeah. You guys have cash on you right now? No, you want some?
1: Why? Wow, you can do a magic I do. trip? I a a trick. I have 50 bucks.
0: I'll take it. I don't have a magic trick. Okay. I just want fifty bucks. Thank you. For, my mom gave me this fifty dollars. Really?
1: Yes. Does your mom live in town? No, she's in New Jersey still.
0: Really? Yeah. So she gave you that in Jersey? Yeah. And you still have it? Yes. What's wrong with you?
1: Um, I don't know. A lot of things probably. <laughs> oh, don't, me too. Listen, what are you long. gonna do with that fifty bucks? Uh, you want the honest answer? I want to buy a weed with it, probably. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just the truth. <laughs> um, what would you do
0: with this fifty dollars? Um, do you have a vice? I'd probably give it to a valet or something. And be like, keep the change. I have no concept of, like, quantity oh. and money. Cash, with me, is dangerous. I just want to get it out of my pocket. I don't like things in my pocket. <laughs> I haven't had...
1: <laughs> that's beautiful.
0: I haven't had... I haven't carried cash on me since I was in, like, middle school, man. Like...
1: What? what? Do you not like feeling weighed down? Were you... Hold oh, I don't want it in my
0: pocket. Cash isn't very heavy. <laughs> when you're Rudy Mancuso, it is. <laughs> oh, that's
2: true. <laughs> Listen, I don't
0: like things and papers in my pocket. Like, to me, like, a... a, a ca- I'm not saying I don't value money. I value $50 mom worked hard for that fifty dollars, um, but
1: I didn't, so, <laughs> so I'll give it to the valet. That's really good.
0: I'm just kidding. I work very hard.
1: But okay, so what's the biggest tip you've ever given someone? I don't know. You don't keep track of that. No. What's the most money you've spent in one sitting? Oh, I mean, I'm 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 good with 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 my money,
0: but I like organizing it in a form of credit cards than I do loose cash. For some reason, there's like an impulsive thing in me that just wants to get rid of the cash when I have it.
1: If you need somebody to come into your house and collect all the change that's lying around, I will... (laughs) You'll be the first to know. Oh, my God, it'd be a great hobby. Every week, come and just take your cash, look (laughs) through your cushions. (laughs) You won't find a penny Uh, anywhere. I'll also clean while I'm there. (laughs) I got a lot of talents. Um, But I do want to know, what's the most money you've spent in one sitting? Do you spend a lot of money like that? Do you spend like that?
0: When I first moved to L.A., and I thought it was way cooler than I am, I did. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So what happens? Throughout life, you understand that it's not
1: about— Just go to
0: Vegas and spend, like— I I remember one time I spent, like, (laughs) an unnecessary amount of money on a dinner. Like thousands of dollars. Like $5,000 on a dinner.
2: You know what it is about that? No matter what the food costs, you're going to poop it out the next day. (laughs) What's your point there? Uh, I mean, people spend so much money on dinners, and I'm like,
1: uh, one, thing, one, thing, shit.
0: one thing I never apologize for is spending money on on food. I enjoy the culture of eating, and I enjoy food so much that I'll never feel bad for spending money on food. Other things I don't do. I don't really shop. I don't spend money on things I don't need. Food is one thing that I'm I'm uh, I'm generous with because uh, it goes it's going into my body. I spend a lot of money on, on my food I, uh, unnecessarily, but I do.
1: You want to make sure that the calories matter.
0: Yeah, and I just grew up on a culture where it's like every single day, you have to sit down and spend an hour or two on dinner. This grab and go culture is not for me. So oh, yeah, I'm gonna grab lunch, uh, you know, while I'm on the uh, at a meeting. Like, no, sit down, have a glass of wine, turn off your phone, and eat.
1: Is that one of the big things that stuck with you from being a kid? Definitely two hour meal, hang yeah.
0: out. <laughs> oh. so it's not necessarily two hours, but I, I, decompress from the day. Yeah, man, you have to sit down. I mean, I'm mean i like Sam, like sit down. Like it's like, like yo, I'm, I have stuff to do. Like I, I, I like. <laughs> I'm just going to have a quick bite. I'm going to go. I'm like, no, no, sit down. Two hours later, we're both drunk.
1: <laughs> Enjoying life.
0: Yeah, I, I want to sit down. And, uh, give me at least an hour to, to a day to sit down and have a, have a sit down family style meal.
1: There's a lot of people out there, a lot of creators out there spending money frivolously. Very, I mean, I, every day I'm looking on Instagram. I'm seeing one member of one vlog squad getting a private jet for another. That shit's expensive. Mm. And you know what? Things could be fleeting. Is there a piece of advice you'd give to two levels of any type of creator? Somebody who's on the come up but still has a little money to their name? Mm -hmm. And then there's that kid who's hanging out at home seeing all these people creating and they're wondering, is there room for me? Two people to give advice to. Let's start with the person in the middle. Making money for the first time. Spending like an
0: asshole. What advice would I impart to that person? Yes. I would say chill out. (laughs) chill out that's it? chill out yeah you don't need the jet you don't need the jet you don't you don't need the car just don't it's nice it's nice to have things it's a materialistic world right but um, when you're young Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and excited you get some success some fame you feel almost like it's your responsibility to the world to buy things Um, but, uh, money runs out.
1: That is the truth.
0: And, um, and so do things. I mean, how many more pictures do I have to see of someone getting in a private jet?
1: Right. It's weird. Yeah.
0: This is coming from someone who posts pictures in private jets sometimes. (laughs) It's incredible. It's, but you know why I like private jets? Why? And I don't ride them all the time, but I have. Because they're efficient. Not because they look cool. Yeah. It doesn't look that cool to get in a private jet. You don't need to post a picture of you going up the stairs onto your jet. You don't need to, bro.
2: <laughs> you know you're going to want to do it in like a month or two. And then you're going to think back to this conversation and be like, I want a
0: jet right now. I'm thinking about it. Like, I would have loved to get on a jet. It's, a, it's, it's efficient. I want to get in a jet where I don't have to check in yeah. my bags, you- where I can work, where I could uh, create, right? Where I can sleep. That's why I want to be on a jet. Not because it looks, certainly not because it looks cool. Now, of course, it's fun, and it looks fun, and it's a part of a lifestyle that a lot of people want to be a part of, but it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Because as soon as they scroll, they're out of that world.
1: And they're on to the next.
0: Yeah. don't. Spend, you, the, my advice to that person would be spend your money wisely because money does run out.
1: Let's shift to that kid who's right now thinking, I can make stuff on the internet, but there's so many other people out there. Uh huh. The competition's hard. Sure is. Maybe I have a story to tell, but I don't know if I can tell it because there might not be room.
0: Yeah, you do have a story to tell. We all have stories to tell. So try telling it. And then when it doesn't work, try telling it another. And then when that doesn't work, try telling another. If you really believe in that, the art of crafting stories and, and, and telling stories or acting or performing or painting or dancing or singing, anything artistic or even just documenting... You got to do it until, until you can't anymore. There are enough resources today. Something that wasn't possible many years ago is very possible today. Use the resources for good, but don't do it to be famous. Don't do it to be famous. If fame is what you're after, then that's not the, I don't think it's the business for you. But if you genuinely want to tell stories that inspire people, then what are you waiting for? What are you after? Me? private jet
2: (laughs) thought so definitely
0: yeah (laughs) what do you think I'm doing this for
2: (laughs) two very quick questions with your schedule being so busy do you have time to tour when the album's done
0: when the album's done yeah we have we have some ideas there we want to do something really really unique and interesting when it comes to the live aspect of performing um I'm working on an instrumental album right now uh, that is inspired by all the film scores that, that I was telling you about. It's very instrumental heavy, piano-based. Um, and uh, there'll be a visual component attached to each of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a live component that we're developing right now attached to everything. And it's it's, it's in the works. And uh, I just want to do something different. I wanted, I want I also have this, uh, this vision of scoring a, a, a film or a piece live. So rather than just seeing a band perform or a singer perform with a backup band and backup dancers or a DJ with a bunch of lights, um, there's actually a screen on the stage and there's a video or a piece or a short that, that I created and I'm creating all the sounds and the music for it live on stage as you're watching the picture. They do stuff like this, the Hollywood Bowl, like Disney does yeah. it with, with Nightmare Before Christmas and, <laughs> and I was inspired by stuff like that. Like I have a vision of if I'm going to do live stuff again... It's gonna be in 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 that realm,
2: um, and it, it'll be hard to pull off. But hey, I gotta try. Like that sound design video you just put out. Yeah, was that was that first try? <sighs> so the first try, like the video you put out. Yeah,
0: that, that's the first time we did anything like that. Um, that's how we make these sounds for these videos. By the way, we don't do always do it all in one take. That's not really necessary, but that's how we make the sound. I wanted people to know that you know we're not just going on a digital library um, and downloading a plugin um, that says footsteps and p- dragging it into the the, the um the session we're actually foleying this stuff you know there's a the, the art of, of Foley art of sound design okay um created by John Foley a yeah. long time ago
1: and d- usually they do it around like uh, when they do it sometimes they go around in the circle to get a lot of different noises but yeah
0: but it's a dying art because yeah it is. there's no reason for it it's the digital age it's not efficient but I would love to revive
1: that art. But real movies want it more than anything, right? Like, a real director will make that a point. I, I had come across a friend of mine whose dad does that, right? And mm. he would do, like, so they do everything from sound design to crowds, like, to, like, what a beach sounds like, and they'd be in a giant room and they'd walk around in a circle and they'd make all these different voices to make three it's guys. So, it's
0: so fascinating, man. It's unreal. It's so fascinating. And, and and it's not done often enough. And I think, yeah, occasionally you will have that director who's like, no, I want the true, authentic sounds created in studio, and uh, I think it's so cool.
1: When you make Circle of Love, it, is it your first take that gets it done, or how many takes do you do of that before it's perfect?
0: A lot.
1: A ton. Like, like because it's a fine dance.
0: It, it's, yeah, so it's, it's choreography. It, it becomes less about the sounds and more about, actually, the, the, the steps that you're memorizing. Um, we started, we tried it with a one-minute piece, then we did it with a three-minute video, Circle, Circle of Love. And um, I want to see how much, how much further we can push it. I'd love to do something like that live on stage where you see the sound design live and you see the music live and you see the picture.
1: Uh, oh, it's beautiful. It could be cool. And you watch it come together in real time. In real time, yeah. And if you mess up
0: the the slightest thing, it affects the entire the <laughs> entire, the entire production, which is scary and cool.
1: Yeah, but you want people to understand that and see yeah. it. because no, They
0: should see us mess up.
1: That's authenticity, man. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. should see you mess up and be like, "Oh, it is real."
1: Because a lot of people I'm I'm telling you, I'm sure there's people out there that watch Circle of Love and go, "No way this whole thing is legit. Mm-hmm. No way this freaking thing was as synchronized as I just witnessed." Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of comments that were like, "What was the point of this?" Um right. and I was like, "I don't know. It, I don't know what the point is." just how dare Most they of say the comments that? were positive, but some of the po- some of the comments were definitely like, "Yo, what, what, what? Like, what? What are you doing? What is this?" Um, just, I think my dad was one of those comments. <laughs> He's like, "What is? What
1: are you doing this for?" You turned a bucket and a hose into a shower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And why? Are you, why are you hitting on a spoon? Like, that's so cool. g- go make a go make a song. Did you have to figure out how to
0: make those sounds with all this? Oh yeah, we we tested a bunch of different sounds, but man, it was scrappy. I went to my kitchen and brought a. Got a bunch of miscellaneous, uh, uh, just props, and we tested things, and we got the hose, and we tested that, and you know, some things work, some things don't. It's fun, man. That's more interesting to me than than trying to cut a pop record.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what? I respect you beyond measure, my friend. As I do you, man. As I do all you guys. You guys, yeah, you a good crew here. Oh, he talks a little too much, but he's <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, 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 you Other need to remember.
1: That. Look at the sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach Sang <Sanksha. laughs> a, a lot of people say Zach Zang. Do you, Do you pick up on that? Yeah, yeah. I it is Zach it. Sang. Yeah, Sang. I sang a song. What song Zach did sang. I sing? No, no song. Zach Sang, and not the gang. No gang. Yeah, I used to have a gang. I mean, he's still here.
2: They didn't want us to be gang affiliated, so we had to drop. Oh. That. that was really yeah. the problem
1: because, um, outside of making you know doing interviews and stuff, we are on ninety-two different radio stations all across North America. Really, and some of our markets did at one point face a gang problem. Some still do. And one of the consistent pieces of feedback they would get from program directors in different areas of the country was, "There's an actual gang problem in our area." And this is not the right branding that we want associated with the show. Fair enough. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I knew you were a gangster all along. Dude, my color was red, bro. Is this live? Uh, no, no, no. We're not live. Thank God. Don't get yeah, don't worry.
2: The very last question I had was, do you miss anything about 1600 Vine?
0: Nope. Perfect. <laughs> and we had fun, man. We were a bunch of kids trying to figure it out. And I see the next generation of kids doing the same thing and a generation under them doing the same thing. Um, we we made a lot of mistakes we're fools we're excited to be here creating making money creating how wild is that as a young guy you get to create and tell stories and make money doing that Um, aspects of it were were, were great it's how I really bonded with with my team Um, John Shahidi Sam Shahidi the Shots family was indirectly born at 1600 Vine Mm -hmm. Um, but it was uh, it was such a stage that I don't miss
1: What's the biggest, most valuable piece of knowledge that you've learned since the beginning of this journey?
0: That um, nothing matters. None of it matters. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if that was my philosophy? None of it matters. I mean, it could be. I
2: thought
1: you were serious. I, was I, I, say, f- I
0: like that. Okay, good. I am serious. It doesn't matter. <laughs> none of it matters.
1: Well, some things need to matter. Some things need to matter.
0: The things that you had all along are the things that matter. Love and close relationships and health matter. Everything else is a cherry on top. Yes, I'm driven. I have a goal, and I want to achieve it. But if you don't have those other couple of things, you you can't exist. You can't exist. And I forget about that sometimes. And I used to lo- I, the Hollywood days, my first director. I lost sight of that. I didn't talk to my mom for two weeks. I I um I, I was partying way too much. I wasn't taking care of my body. Yet. And you learned that like the things that you that you, you, you don't um, protect or cherish as much as you should are really the things that matter. And, um, you know, any any older person with wisdom will tell you the same thing. Um, it, it was staring at you all along. The things that you really need and rely on are staring at you all along. Um, love, family, health, um, the private jet. All these things are, are important.
1: <laughs> but it's not until, like, gets real that... You understand all that,
0: yeah. It's just like what I mean by it doesn't. None of it matters. Is like the amount of likes you get on the picture don't matter. What people think about you doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, h- how you're portrayed or or received doesn't matter. How do you receive yourself? What's your reception of yourself? What do you think of yourself? How how in tune are you with you? And the best way to find the answer is by being in tune with your family and your friends and your loved ones. You learn so much more about yourself. I just, I, I realized, you know, a little too late in my opinion, just how much of my father and my mother and my, my sister I actually am. And I, I, I wish I saw it sooner.
2: I think it's easier to understand that once you have all of it and realize it's not doing it for you. Because until you have it, you have the likes, you've done the Jets. Until you have that, you're like, oh, wait, this means nothing. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and I don't regret anything. And it's all part of the process, and I've fallen, and then I got up, and I've fallen again, and, and as we all do. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it, it, so much of it doesn't matter, And especially in this town. It's easy to get caught up. Uh, if you can, if you can override that, you're 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 good.
1: When is this album coming?
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> I have no idea. Is there any part of it done? Oh yeah, we've done a lot of work on it. Yeah, we're making great progress, but um, but I don't know. Uh, when, when when it's right, when it's right, you'll be the first to know. Please,
1: yeah, Rudy Mancuso. We've covered a lot here, mm-hmm. from Glen Ridge, New Jersey, to racist radio and racist classes, to a little bit of magic. Mama is a phenomenal record. Deserves Thank you. everybody's ear. The music video matches, in my opinion, the simplicity but also the complexity of what Mama is. Because when I first listen, I go. Uh, it's easy. I understand it, but at the same time, when I started reading the lyrics and thinking a little bit deeper into it, maybe I'm the guy who just goes deep when there is isn't depth to go into. Mm-hmm. But I felt it. I, I I really felt simple yet complicated all. I appreciate that in one. It, and your vo- your voice and your vocals share them as much as you can because I think they're incredibly unique. Really,
0: thank you. Thank I, you. I love them. That means a lot coming from you, man. I appreciate it.
1: Well, your quest for not wanting a. Crappy pop record will eventually give you a mainstream hit. They're just
0: other people making pop records far better than 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 I am. So um, it's not as interesting to me than banging on spoons, to be honest.
1: I think that's cool though, and I think the, you're you continuing to be you will eventually lead to one mainstream record. Private, that ge- I mean, yeah, record. Private, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. But uh, I mean this deeply. You are one of the most unique minds and unique creators of our generation, and it's really. F- Awesome to watch. Thank you, man. And uh, please keep going because it's wild. And my studio is open to you whenever you want. We're always here. Shout yourselves out, uh, uh, Zach Sang,
2: Dan Zolot, <laughs> Paul Joseph,
0: you, Ali. Got a great crew. Thank Sammy's you, been man. laughing at me the entire time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll take it. Thank you, sir. Thank you but, for having me. Man. This is fun. Rudy Mancuso, thanks Woo! for the energy.
2: This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.